Hey there, boys and girls. I need to do a Brant's Rants emergency podcast here on Antonio Brown. The events of the past hours, days, weeks, months with the Oakland Raiders, that is no longer. He's no longer a member of that team as we sit here the day before the NFL season starts. The music you hear behind me is that of Sam Brandt, happens to be my son and best friend, but an incredible musician. Uh, you're going to hear more of him. This is an amazing story, uh, probably unprecedented in the history of the NFL, where one of the best players in the league has been traded in the offseason and doesn't make it to opening day. Just think about that for a minute. There are so many angles, so many ripples to talk about here. Let's go back before we get to the present. And when we go back, we see a career in Pittsburgh that was dotted with some maintenance issues. And again, I say maintenance is a charitable term. Teams and leagues, just like I talked about with Amy Trask on last week's or this week's podcast, teams don't like drama. Teams don't like maintenance. Teams don't like off-field issues. Teams don't like character issues. But of course, greater talent equals greater tolerance. If you have the talent of Antonio Brown, a top whatever, two, three, four, five receiver in the NFL, you're going to get away with much more than a down-the-line player or even just a good player. He's great. Okay, let's say that word. Antonio Brown is a great player. If you're going to list 15 to 20 great players in the NFL, he's among them. So the tolerance was there, and Pittsburgh put up with it for a while. And as we now look back... Wow, true respect to Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert, the coach and GM of the Steelers, for putting up with what we see now publicly has been an issue. Now, maybe he's worse now, but maybe not. Maybe everything's been hidden in Pittsburgh, which is a cloaked-up organization compared to the Raiders, and we haven't seen it. And it was managed, and good on the Steelers for managing that. Well, uh The problem for the Steelers is not only did they manage it on the good end, they enabled it. And the reason I say that is that there didn't seem to be a lot of discipline until the end of last year. And they doubled down on Brown with contracts. They gave him not only the big extension a few years ago, but renegotiated that to the point where they did the unimaginable, at least according to me, this offseason. If a player with unamortized bonus is traded or released... All that amortized signing bonus, prorated bonus, renegotiation bonus bumps up, accelerates right away to the salary cap. And that means the net result of trading Antonio Brown, as I said at the time, would have been an unimaginable, unconscionable, and undoable, in my opinion, $21 million charge to their salary cap. So think about that for a minute. Think about the Steelers, if its cap is 180, they go into the season with a 159 cap just on one player. Now, they have other dead money charges too, but just without one player, they are playing with less than a full deck by $21 million. So I said at the time, there is no way. And I was staking my claim on it, even despite the behavior that Antonio Brown was exhibiting back in the spring. I said, no, they're not. It's not happening. I'm staking my ground here. The Steelers will not trade Antonio Brown. And lo and behold, what I think is still the story of the offseason, even before we get to the Raiders, was that the Steelers decided, and I put the Giants and Beckham in the same category, but we're not talking about that now. The Steelers decided, listen to this and let it sink in. 
that they were better off taking a $20 million, $21 million cap hit with Antonio, without Antonio Brown than not taking that hit with him on the roster. And let me say it a little more artistically. They thought they were better off without him and the, the consequence of $21 million on their cap for a player no longer there than with him. That's a stunning move. And they did. And they proved me entirely wrong, and the Steelers traded them. And the trade compensation, as everyone knows, was a third and a fifth round pick, which everyone at the time said, oh, my God, the Steelers are getting rid of them for a third and a fifth. A third and a fifth for one of the best players in the league. A third and a fifth for Antonio Brown. But it turns out there wasn't much of a market. We heard about Buffalo. But listen, what are you going to do? You want them out. You get an offer. That's the best you can get. You get them out. And throughout this drama with the Raiders, of course, I've been tweeting about what's going on in the Raiders in the Steelers' office. It's not the Raiders, the Steelers. And the Steelers, of course, have probably been sitting back telling everyone in the Steelers' offices, don't, 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 don't say anything. Don't gloat. Just sit back, be quiet, let it happen. So, of course, I'm tweeting out that they're just kind of smug in their offices. So throughout this whole thing, I, I thought about the Steelers and the respect for Mike Tomlin for whatever he managed. Again, I'll say it again, greater talent equals greater tolerance. They tolerated him for a while, but the tolerance ran out. And then we moved to the Raiders. Greater talent equals greater tolerance. They tolerated whatever was going on. We don't know what went on before the drama developed in recent weeks about A, the cryotherapy, where he walked into a cryotherapy chamber, evidently without footwear, which to me is shocking, whether it be Brown's fault or the proprietor of the cryotherapy chamber to allow that to happen. But the more we learn about Brown, the more he probably didn't follow the rules. Now, I'm not saying that happened. I'm just saying we're seeing behavior that seems to disregard rules. Okay, then you have the helmet issue where he sued the league and union about the rule, saying you had to have, whatever, we've gone over that ad infinitum. And somehow, some way, through a lot of drama, two grievances that he lost, who knows how much lawyer time and money, he loses. So he's got to wear the helmet, and I guess he's wearing the helmet uh, as of whatever, yesterday, fully helmeted, fully clothed on his feet. And... I think yesterday. Now we're talking yesterday. Yesterday. He spoke to the team. The captains were all good. John Gruden's, he's playing. Monday night, yes. Over. Not over. Video last night, evidently, right at my fantasy draft where I was picking Antonio Brown an hour before that. Yes, I did. Thought he had good value in the third round. And there we go. Okay, so listen. He is no longer a member of the of the Raiders. He's no longer a member of the NFL, as we sit here today on the day before the season. It's shocking. It's shocking. Here, let's start with what I've tweeted out as the most underreported, misreported, misinterpreted part of this whole saga. And now everyone's lambasting the Raiders. Got to give them a lot of credit here. Because what they did was negotiate language in the contract, which is standard. Okay, but when I say standard, Brown had some leverage. Brown's a great player, got a new contract upon the trade. But it looks like the Raiders just said, okay, we're doing the boilerplate language. If you screw up, 
where we suspend you, or in some cases fine you, <clears throat> first conduct detrimental, the guarantee's void. So the guarantees in the contract, we come to find out, all kick in now, not in the off-season. How about that? There were no guarantees in the off-season. So what we're finding out is a stunning revelation that Antonio Brown has received zero from the, from the Raiders. Somehow they were negotiate no signing bonus, only workout bonuses for 85% of workouts, which, of course, he didn't find the need to attend, didn't make that money. And the only other money comes with the $30 million guarantee, which kicks in today if he's on the roster. And if he hadn't voided those guarantees based on behavior. Now, he would also have a first year salary guarantee if he makes the opening day roster vis-a-vis the termination pay guarantee for vested veterans as part of the collective bargaining agreement. And if he's off the roster now, no, that is null and void. So Antonio Brown is walking away from the Raiders with bupkis, with squat, with zilch, zip, none. And this is the most underreported, under-misrepresented, misreported fact, because what we did, what did we hear about this contract? It had $30 million guaranteed. It's the biggest contract for a receiver. Oh, my God. It's none of that. It's zero. And everyone says, well, how do, how do people misreport that? Don't get me started. Don't get me started on the way media reports contracts. The only thing I'll say is, be real here. Where does the media get information about contracts? Agents. What do agents want to do? Spin it for the best look possible. What do media want to do? Continue to get information from agents. So they do what they do. It's a game. It's a game. I knew it all the time. When I negotiated contracts for the team, I knew the agent was going to run to his media source and give him the best spin, the fluff contract that that was not real. But it's the game they play. So whenever you see league source, it's an agent. Okay, let's neither here or there. The big issue is he's got no money from the Raiders. <sighs> wow. Mike Mayock, that's an executive of the year move right there. Where you didn't forget about voiding future guarantees. You didn't give him anything guaranteed in the offseason. He went from March, whenever they made that trade, until September 7th and didn't get a penny other than per diems in training camp. And he wasn't even there for part of training camp. Oh, my God. You know, so you had undrafted free agents make more from the Raiders the last five months than Antonio Brown. That's fascinating to me. And it's totally misreported. So, yeah, everyone's bashing the Raiders, but, man, they made a deal. And they have zero cap charge. Now, he may file a grievance, but good luck with that. His misbehavior has been more public than any misbehavior in the NFL in years. So good luck winning a grievance against the Raiders. So right now there's zero cap charge against the Oakland Raiders, $21 million against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Think about that. Now everyone's asking, will he sign with another team? It won't be this week. Why? Because if you're on the roster opening game, like I said, you're a vested veteran, you get a salary guarantee through termination pay. That's not going to happen. Will he get signed week two or three? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. And why do I say that? Because why not? But I'd be shocked if he signs a contract that doesn't look very similar to this. One year, $1 million. One year, no guarantees. Now, he'll get the guarantee through the termination pay, whatever that it comes out to after week one. 
but Jesus, come on. No one's going to give this guy anything that gives risk to the team. He's going to make a week-to-week deal, which is what Antonio Brown got so mad about now with the Raiders, that he's playing week-to-week. Well, what does he think he's going to play on another team? It's going to be week-to-week. Week-to-week. So I think the question is not whether Antonio Brown will sign with another team. I think he will. But the question to me is if he signs with another team, will he finish the year on that team? I don't, I'd say that's 40-60. You know, who's to say that team's going to keep him all year? Especially if things go south. You know, we said this all along about the Raiders. He's going to be great on the Raiders. Well, things go south. He gets in Derek Carr's ear. It's not great. You know, of course. It's not going to go well. <laughs> it's just an amazing thing to me. And listen, I don't know Antonio Brown, but what I did say all along, and this is why I took him on my fantasy team, that as much of a pain in the neck he was, he would practice hard. Gruden knew that. And he'd play hard. And he'd probably get good stats. Again, I took him on my fantasy team. But he's not going to get there. Not for the Raiders. Maybe someone else. Everyone's talking about Belichick. I, yeah, I guess. It's interesting. Everyone talks about the, the, the Patriots as this model organization and then suggests they take all the character issues. I don't get that one. So anyway... This is where we are with Antonio Brown. It's just shocking to me what happened with the money. And I feel for Drew. Drew Rosenhaus, his agent. Imagine being Drew Rosenhaus. Just just did a big deal for Tyreek Hill. We'll, we'll look into that. He's got 100 and something clients. 120, 130 clients? Think about that. With his brother and some support, but not a lot. Think about all the time you're spending on Antonio Brown and making zero, zero. <laughs> Drew Rosenhaus has a percentage of Brown's contract. That contract is worth zero. He makes zero. Think about all the time he spent on this guy for zero money. And we've heard about Antonio Brown stiffing others. I've heard he's fired other advisors. We hear about him stiffing chefs. We hear about him stiffing workout people, trainers. Oh my God, poor Drew. And I know people say, oh, Drew gets these diva receivers. Well, like T.O., Chad Johnson, whatever. But Drew is loyal. Drew is someone who really works hard for these guys. I've seen it. I've negotiated with Drew. I know him as well as I know any agent. And he's going to get stiffed, not stiffed in the sense Brown won't pay, but he's stiffed because Brown got his contract voided without guarantee. I mean, think about that. So all the parties here, all the players, all the protagonists, antagonists here around Antonio Brown, okay? The Steelers come out with $21 million of dead money and a third and a fifth round pick. The Raiders come out of it with no player, out, of, out a third and a fifth round pick, but got out of the money side. Drew comes out of it with no money. Brown comes out of it with no money. No money. As we sit here today, he's on the books for cap charges with the Steelers, no cash. He's on the books for no cash or cap with the Raiders. And on the same day this happens, we hear about Julio Jones getting a three-year deal of $66 million, 64 guaranteed. You know, kudos to him and his agent. I think it's Jimmy Sexton, where Jimmy, I did deals with him. He really understood the value of a deadline. And Jimmy would say to me, you know, I don't, I know this about teams. Teams don't give their best, 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 best offer until they know absolutely positively, finally, things are going to happen if they don't. 
And we heard about Julio boycotting the opening game unless he got his deal. Well, okay. Whether it was true or not, it worked. He's got a massive deal. Now I have to see it. I'll talk about it on the next podcast if it's a real deal. Also talk about Tyreek Hill. Is it a real deal? And of course, with what happened with Antonio Brown and Hill coming in with character questions as well, you've got to wonder what that deal looks like. So we'll look at these deals. Julio Jones, I mean, everyone's saying it's a great deal. We've got to see it. And he also had a big number coming to him this year. So it's not a massive change if he had a big number already in this deal that we would assume is functionally guaranteed. They're not going to cut it. Julio Jones, he's got no character issues. And by the way, he was my other fantasy receiver. So I got one that's going to play. We know that. Um, okay, that's Antonio Brown. That's an emergency rant. Had to get it out. Emergency rant, Antonio Brown. Uh, let me just think of anything else I want to say. Yes, he blocked me on Twitter, but I'm part of a burgeoning group that he's done that too. Listen, as I said, I took him on fantasy. I think he's a great player, and I think he would have played and practiced well. But he's high drama. And no, I don't think they're mental issues. I think that's a tired way of looking at it. CTE, mental. I mean, he's just a guy that seems to have gotten away with being enabled his whole life. And whatever, when people say no, he moves on. I've talked about Antonio Brown like another teammate of his, a teammate up until yesterday or today, Richie Incognito. These are people that find a way. They get in trouble. They get themselves out of it. They talk their way out of it. They behave their way out of it. But And I don't know if Incognito has gotten back in any trouble. I, I, I don't. That's unfair of me now, but in the past. I just think Brown's a survivor. But now he's been hit. With this, you know, he couldn't leave well enough alone with the Raiders. He gets the letter saying his guarantees are void. He's playing week to week. And he goes off, and the Raiders say enough. And the Raiders probably knew the whole time. You know, they could get out of this day before the season if he turned out to be a pain in the neck. And lo and behold, they have. Uh, So the Raiders are weakened on the field, obviously. They're improved off the field. And... uh, That's probably true of the Steelers, too. He has now done that to two teams. Um, And I go back to the story of the offseason. The Pittsburgh Steelers decided they were better off without Antonio Brown and $21 of a dead cap charge than with him. That should have been a lesson for Mayock and the Raiders, and it turns out they decided they're better off without Antonio Brown than with him. End of story. End of rant. Talk to you soon. (laughs) on the Business of Sports podcast. Signing off, Andrew Brandt.